The Seattle expansion draft happens Wednesday evening, July 21st. Last-minute trade deals were made up to Saturday afternoon's cutoff, and the teams on Sunday morning release their protected and unprotected lists after the Saturday 3 p.m. Eastern trade freeze period began. Everyone is keen to see who is the player selected that they most don't want to lose from their team, and rumor has it that the cost of side deals is even more expensive than it was in the Vegas expansion draft. We'll go through each Central Division team's list and take a guess at who Seattle would most be interested in taking in our Central Division Hockey the Podcast Seattle Expansion Preview. Central Division Hockey, the podcast, and the Seattle Expansion Draft Preview. I'm your host, Tim Bigelow. Here's what I learned from the Vegas Expansion Draft. The protection lists aren't big enough to protect all a good team's assets. It's also better to wait and see the actual list than to spend time trying to sort through what a team plans to do unless you were privy to insider team information. If your team has a pair of good goalies, one is getting exposed in the Expansion Draft. Whether a team uses a three defenseman, seven forward, one goalie, or eight skater one goalie protection list the latter an option especially if you have a solid top four defensive group you have to expose top six forwards then if you choose going that second production route essentially a team can't cover both bases truly either way to protect all their good players and the better the team is the harder it is to do the other key rules are any player with a no movement clause has to be protected unless the player waives it for the purposes of the draft each team needed to expose two forwards one defenseman and one goalie who are under contract and played at least 40 games this past season or 70 combined games over the last two seasons all first and second year players as well as unsigned draft picks are exempt from selection that one year pro rule however does include playing time in the american hockey league what it doesn't include is playing in europe or the khl so that's how minnesota has to protect or expose goalie capo kakinen who did play in the american hockey league versus not having to protect or expose forward rookie of the year winner kirill kaprizov even though both were technically nhl rookies last year any player with a a potential or having a career-ending injury is also exempt. It's complex from the team's protections list as well as from Seattle's requirement for meeting under contract and league salary expectations additionally in who they select. That's why guessing protection lists and given there were last-minute trades before the trade freeze for the expansion draft this year, it was better to see the list come out than to give analysis for each central division team on who they might protect or leave unprotected it just had too many variables for each team picking the player each team may lose once we have the list is still not an easy thing to do The other thing that the Vegas draft had was side deals for Vegas not to select unprotected players from teams. That's something to keep in mind again. The rumored asking price, Seattle has been rumored to be a first and a third rounder 
two picks and or prospects. Basically, it's higher than the Vegas ask was. Vegas selected 30 players and an additional seven players and 10 draft picks through side deals. Because of that possibility, how each team does in this draft has a potential for a side deal that you can't project for. Seattle needs to build a team, meet a minimum cap floor, so simply thinking they take the best available player only works if they can put together a team while doing it. Back to those Vegas side deals in their expansion draft. Minnesota side deal prevented Matt Dumba and or Jared Spurgeon from selection by using a side deal that landed Vegas forwards Alex Tuck and Eric Hulla. This is cited as a steep cost of the Vegas expansion draft now. However, keep in mind who Minnesota kept of their defensive group by making that deal. Another example is Winnipeg swapped its higher first round 13th pick and a third in 2019 for Vegas's Columbus's 24th pick in that same round to protect defenseman Tobias Entram from being taken and Vegas took unrestricted free agent Chris Thorburn and then Vegas didn't sign him after the draft. In free agency it was actually St. Louis that picked up the vet fourth line winger. Vegas selected Nick Suzuki with the pick they got. Winnipeg Christian Veselainen with the later first round pick. The point is for everything taken into consideration for each team there really are limitless deals a GM could side deal with Seattle with until they happen it's impossible to predict. The same reason I said guessing teams protections lists in advance for most teams was a moot point. Most had last minute roster adjustments that you couldn't possibly account for. Every prediction protection list for Nashville for example, probably had defenseman Ryan Ellis on it, yet he gets traded at the last minute, and the list Nashville submits would be different than the thousand guessing people made for the team because, well, no one was aware Ellis was being shopped and available for trade and not going to be needing a protection spot. That's why I didn't make prediction protection lists for the eight teams. What we are going to do is go team by team through the Central Division, protected lists, and unprotected eligible available players, and essentially say who each team doesn't want Seattle to pick, and who without a side deal, of course, we think is who Seattle targets as its draft selection. But that's really hard to do for Seattle making an entire new team from scratch. Colorado, their protected list. Forwards Andre Burakovsky, Tyson Jost, Nazem Kadri, Nathan McKinnon, Valerie Nishnushkin, Logan O'Connor, Miko Rantanen, defenseman Samuel Gerard, Kale McCarr, Devin Taves, and goalie Philip Grubauer. Colorado's unprotected player list Travis Barron, left winger. Pierre-Edouard Belmar center, Matt Calvert left winger, JT Confer right winger, Jonas Donskoy right winger, Sheldon Dries center, Gabriel Landeskog left winger, Ty Lewis left winger, Jason Magna right winger, Liam O'Brien a center, Brandon Sauter right winger, Kiefer Sherwood a right winger, Carl Soderberg a left winger, TJ Tyen a center, Michael Vanaconi center. Defensively, Kyle Burrows, Dennis Gilbert, Eric Johnson, Jacob McDonald, Patrick Nemeth, Daniel Renouf, and goalies Devin Dubnik, Jonas Johansson, and Hunter Miska. A Stanley Cup contender and President's Trophy winner is going to have player assets they simply can't protect. In fact, Colorado traded 26-year-old 6'5 D-men Ryan Graves to New Jersey for forward Mikhail Amatsev and New Jersey's 2021 second-round pick. That deal was not to lose Graves to Seattle for no return. Colorado, however, still will have a player lost to Seattle. The big name left unprotected is Captain Gabriel 
Mario Landeskogas, his contract negotiations publicly came out as being approximately $2 million apart per reports between the sides that Landeskog was considering testing free agency and how it isn't tampering, but reports were divisional rival St. Louis would be a team to put in a serious offer if he made it to free agency. Maybe losing Graves was the best deal for Colorado after all. Here's why in leaving unrestricted free agent Landeskog available, it allowed Colorado to protect Logan O'Connor. And you have to ask why Landy's spot wasn't used to protect unrestricted free agent Brandon Saad or either of under contract forwards Jonas Donskoy or JT Confer instead. The four remain unprotected. Even a previous Vegas selection and unrestricted free agent Pierre-Edouard Balmar isn't as big of a target after those four forwards and O'Connor doesn't seem destined to play top six at the NHL level and that's who was protected. Best case scenario Without a side deal, as Colorado loses one of Donskoy or Confer, both $3.5 million to $4 million per players who can play top nine, potentially top six at the NHL level. The worst case isn't actually losing Landeskog if Seattle in the signing period before the draft doesn't come to terms on a deal with Landeskog. The actual worst case for Colorado is in fact Seattle getting a deal done with their other unrestricted top six forward and two-time cup winner Brandon Stott instead, and then watch Landisog go to free agency and sign elsewhere as well. Just ask St. Louis fans who never thought unrestricted free agent right-hand defenseman and captain Alex Petriangelo wouldn't dare not resign and test free agency as a recent example of undervaluing your captain in negotiations can go. Seattle is getting a top nine, potentially top six forward from Colorado most likely. Just how good of one is the only question. Yes, D-man Graves was a likely choice but he's not on Colorado now anyways. So, without a side deal with Colorado, Seattle signing unrestricted Brandon Saad for their top line is what I think Seattle does, unless Seattle prefers Landeskog instead. Winnipeg. Their protected list forwards Kyle Connor, Andrew Kopp, Pierre-Luc Dubois, Nikolai Ehlers, Adam Lowry, Mark Scheifele, and Blake Wheeler. Defenseman Josh Morrissey, Neil Pionk, Logan Stanley, and goalie Connor Hellebuck. List of unprotected players, Mason Appleton, right wing, Marco Dano, center, Jansen Harkins, left wing, Trevor Lewis, right wing, Skylar McKenzie, center, Matthew Perot, left wing, Paul Statsny, center, CJ Seuss, left wing, Nate Thompson, center, Dominic Toninato, left wing, and on defense, Nathan Beaulieu, Jordy Ben, Dylan DeMello, Derek Forbert, Luke Green, Sammy Niku, Nelson Noje, Tucker Pullman, and goalies, Mikhail Burden, Laurent Brassois, Eric Comrie, and Cole Keller. The just-under-cap contender status Winnipeg team is in that second-tier NHL group. It is off-sided because of its defensive group. Winnipeg Twitter and analytics community took a collective punch in the gut by Winnipeg's choice to protect 6-7 Logan Stanley, a younger left-hand D over well-priced right-hand D in his prime Dylan DeMello. Leaving either unprotected is unfortunate, but it wasn't the end of the world. From a left-hand D perspective chart for Winnipeg, keeping right hand defense DeMillo might have been the better choice no matter what Stanley's potential upside is. 
Winnipeg Captain Blake Wheeler could have been asked to waive his no-movement clause for Winnipeg to protect Mason Appleton, a top-nine NHL player, off his best NHL season that actually, like traded Jack Rosovic, has top-six potential. Wheeler is protected, and I don't think Seattle, with the ability to land Sod or Landeskog as vet wingers, would have targeted Wheeler had he been made available. That's why I don't think it was a bad idea. Keep in mind, St. Louis's Vladimir Tarasenko is another goal-scorer vet available for Seattle. Also, third-liner, primarily left-wing but center-capable Andrew Kopp's next contract very well prices him out of remaining in Winnipeg, and that's a good sign for those contract talks as he remains protected. I might have protected Appleton over Kopp, as I expect if he gets over Adam Lowry's recent deal. It's Kopp's contract out of Winnipeg. Maybe simply having him sign with Seattle would have been Winnipeg's best-case scenario while keeping Appleton, who's going on the Stanley theory, has more upside as an actual top-six NHL forward than Cop does. Back to the D-men on Seattle taking DeMillo. Without a side deal, it's a good pick for them. And Winnipeg would keep Appleton, who is regarded as Seattle's most likely target. Now it seems about 50-50. Winnipeg can't lose both of them, but they certainly will notice either one's loss for different reasons. Winnipeg GM Dayoff, in his Vegas selection of Chris Storburn, was an out-of-left-field turn of fortune back in that draft. And I get the sense if there's a right-hand D free agent top pair target, keeping Neil Pionk instead of DeMillo for the other top four right-handy spot for the team's cap has some traction. The Tunnel Vision fan base in Winnipeg isn't looking through those lenses. They probably are missing something Winnipeg has in play after this draft. Without a side deal, Seattle likely grabs forward Mason Appleton or defenseman Dylan DeMillo from Winnipeg. Winnipeg's analytics community just did a great job selling DeMillo as the Seattle pick in defense of him being protected that he can't fly under the radar now as a well-kept team secret. Defenseman Sammy Niku would be a dark horse Seattle pick, more so if the NHL hadn't been reminded how good DeMillo was now by Winnipeg Twitter. I still think leaving Cop unprotected for Appleton was the best play Winnipeg didn't make. I also think losing Appleton is more costly long-term to Winnipeg and Seattle's most likely pick. Minnesota protected list. Forwards Joel Erickson Eck, Kevin Fiala, Marcus Felino, Jordan Greenway, Ryan Hartman, Nico Sturm, Matt Zuccarello, defenseman Jonas Brodeen, Matt Dumba, Jarrett Spurgeon, goalie Cam Talbot. Minnesota's unprotected players available, right winger Will Bitten, left winger Kyle Rao, centers Nick Busad, Nick Benino, Joseph Cramarosa, Gabriel Dumont, Marcus Johansson, Luke Johnson, Victor Rask, Mason Shaw, Dmitry Sokolov, defenseman Ian Cole, Brad Hunt, Ian McCoshin, Dakota Mermis, Carson Suse, Louis Belpedo, goaltenders Andrew Hammond, Capo Kakinen. The expansion draft game changer in Minnesota was the unexpected buyouts of defenseman Ryan Suter and forward Zach Parisi that made available two more spots. That was, to me, a good move by GM Gurren, and it simplifies the logical player Minnesota will lose. Minnesota, like Colorado, had a true top 4D group that they were only going to be able to keep three protected prior to the Suter buyout. That resolved that fact. Parisi's buyout allowed one of Ryan Hartman's and or Nico Sturm to be protected as well from the long-term approach 
approach that also looks to be a well thought out decision. The biggest question for Minnesota was who it was protecting at the goalie position, starter in last year's free agent signing Cam Talbot or the younger rookie backup Kapil Kakinen. Honestly, Minnesota fans, that as far as protecting a list decisions would have been probably is the hardest one to make. You can make a good case for protecting either of them over the other. At the end of the day, you can only protect one. Minnesota chose Talbot. If Winnipeg showed its love to DeMello, their defenseman, Minnesota's market sure has shown its love to 5'6 defenseman Carson Soucy, who is also the notable player Minnesota had to leave unprotected. Unfortunate considering how good Minnesota's D group was and Soucy's size as part of that group is a real asset that won't be easily replaced if he ends up being selected. Minnesota's core group really is locked into protection and it really was who Minnesota protected in net and the notable bottom pair that absolutely couldn't be without risking real damage to a forward group that more needs to keep its pieces together in transition than the defense group from a Minnesota perspective going forward. If Seattle takes defenseman Susie, it's a good pick for them defenseman with size with an under 3 million price tag that at a minimum can play top bottom pair minutes but could even play low end top four minutes. Susie like DeMello in Winnipeg to me is Seattle's second option. Susie is Minnesota's second pick option still. The first is Kakinen. He's proven he can be an all-star goalie at the American Hockey League level. He showed in his rookie season to be able to play backup, but also play consecutive games when Talbot was injured. He is a top prospect coming into his prime that now, of the available goalies Seattle will have to pick from, well, he just checks so many boxes that his upside is more than Susie, and that if you're hoping Susie remains in Minnesota and willing to accept Kakinen's gone instead, well, I think you're in luck. To me, Seattle passing on Kakinen is a mistake here. Here's why. Kakinen's play was against what will primarily be Seattle's division opponents next year, meaning Vegas, the Cali teams, just not the West Canadian teams essentially. Seattle can look at his season and know that it was against the primary division competition now. Kakinen, having been exposed by Minnesota, I think will have a chip further on his shoulder to want to put together a big campaign next season, and he is a top prospect. In split duty, or as a backup with, say, Florida's Chris Dreger, Seattle would have competitive goaltending and at a good age in net if they wanted to go that route. Here's the other reason. Goalies after the draft will be at a premium because of the draft. Kakinen, to me, absolutely makes a short list of quality goalies available to be taken. Even if Seattle isn't playing, planning to keep him, their ability to flip him after the expansion draft probably has more value than Susie as a 5-6 D-man would. I honestly don't know why Seattle wouldn't keep Kakinen for their team, but I really think I would be surprised if Susie ends up Seattle's pick from a Minnesota without a side deal over Kakinen. Nashville's protected list. Forwards Philip Forsberg, Tanner Janot, Luke Cunnan. Defensemen Alex Carrier, Matthias Ekholm, Dante Fabro, Roman Yossi, Philip Myers. Goy UC Soros. Unprotected players available, left winger Michael Carconi, Nick Cousins, Rocco Grimaldi, centers Matt Deshane, Mikhail Granlin, Eric Halla, Ryan Johansson, Sean Malone, left winger Kelly Yarncroke, right winger Michael McCarron, centers Rem Pitlick, Anthony Richard, Brad Richardson, right winger Colton Sisson, left winger Yakov Trennan. Defensemen Frederick Allard, Matthew Betting, Mark Borowicki, Eric Gobranson, Ben Harper, Josh Healy. Tyler Lewington and goalie Connor Ingram. 
Nationals GM Poyle made a pre-protection list deadline deal, sending top pair defenseman Ryan Ellis to Philadelphia in exchange for defenseman Philippe Myers and forward Nolan Patrick. Patrick, needing to be protected, was then dealt to Vegas for forward Cody Glass, who isn't required to be. This looks more like the P.K. Subban salary dump transaction that precedes it as Nashville gets a possible top four guy and takes a flyer on a top prospect Glass, who has underachieved in Vegas for a proven top-minute top pair defenseman and power play quarterback in Ellis, who displayed excellent two-way play and puck-moving abilities. The only knock on Ellis was back-to-back seasons of 20 games missed due to injury. Nashville also sent top six forward Victor Arvidsson to LA in return for a 2021 second round and a 2022 third round pick from LA to kick off July. The next head scratcher is Nashville going with the eight skater and a goalie rather than a seven forward three defenseman that would protect 10 skaters that logically most teams use. Why is it a head scratcher? Well, that's because while teams such as Colorado, Minnesota, and Dallas had actual proven top four defenseman groups worth protecting at least four D men in, if you're considering going that route, Nashville really could have gone the other route and protected Yossi, Ellis, and Ekholm, the elite three they did have up to the Ellis trade. Now, I've only taken a quick peek at Myers. You almost have to pay me to sit through watching a Philly game in any major sport, so I certainly haven't watched Myers to gauge his full value yet. Based on what I have seen, he is regarded as a top-minute bottom pair guy that can play limited top four. That's something Nashville has been looking for. Of course, if you have a top four D group that now has two we know, Ken and Dante Fabro and Alexander Carrier, who have shown last season promise that they possibly can but aren't players I'm ready to say officially are top four NHL regular defensemen quite yet and Poyle protected all five of them Yossi and Ekholm the no-brainers and the three other potential top four NHL defensemen of Fabro, Carrier and Myers the latter three if Nashville were to lose one of them in expansion given the ability of Nashville to draft quality NHL defensemen well isn't really that big of a deal. The issue is, in fact, their GM's inability to not trade all of their quality draft pick defensemen away. The result is, of the underperforming forward 12 group, Nashville protects three players. I'm not a mathlete, but as ratios go on a 12 forward, six defenseman set that every NHL team practically uses, a three forward, five defenseman protection list is embarrassing unless those 5D were... Let's say Shea Weber, Seth Jones, Ryan Ellis, Samuel Gerrard, and Ryan Suter of current former Nashville draft defenseman picks that Nashville doesn't have that still play in the NHL. Meanwhile, Philip Forsberg, Luke Cunnan, and Tanner Janot were the forwards protected. 15 NHL game played, fourth liner Tanner Janot was deemed a protection priority. If the Nashville fan base hasn't lost its collective sanity, could you imagine doing what Poyle did in a Canadian hockey market? 
it would have caused rioting. Now, to simplify this for you, in addition to leaving forwards on bad long-term contracts, Senator Matt Deshane and Ryan Johansson are available, as expected. You realize it pretty much leaves their entire top six for Nashville, save for Forsberg, and you really can't argue with that. It's just this protection list gives Seattle the rest of Nashville's forward group to essentially cherry-pick from instead of taking Deshane and or Johansson, and that ensures they probably won't. For Seattle to do that, a pair of first-round picks and an elite prospect, for example, say L.A. Tovalin or Yakov Trenin as well, I think is what would be needed for Seattle to take on a contract like Johansson. But we'll see. What Seattle does now have available is a pair of two million contract middle forward options, Kelly Yarncroke and Colton Sissons, or a sign and pick deal for unrestricted free agent Eric Hulla, who should be in the same ballpark. Adding some salary and a quality NHL player would cost certainty that would be better pick from this Nashville team than the eight million dollar pair. The other protection list could have locked all those albeit non-essential players from a Nashville perspective per se, but it also would have limited the options Seattle did have to not go for instead of one of the high ticket guys Nashville is trying to unsuccessfully dump off. Arguably, even time on ice top six forward leader Mikhail Granlin can be signed and selected by Seattle rather than taking on a worse contract in value of Duchesne or Johansson. If you thought the likelihood of that was slim, this protection list by Nashville all but voided the possibility, but what in addition is left available is a lot as well. Now, if I'm Seattle, I'm taking Yakov Trenin as my pick. He shouldn't be playing on the fourth line and is a young prospect with size and a great skill set. That's who you have to trade with picks for me if I were another NHL GM to take on Johansson's contract. You can insert Duchesne in that spot if you want, but really Johansson is the only guy of the two. If I were a GM, I would take a flyer on for a pair of first rounders and Trennan as compensation for having done it. And that leads me back to Janot, an undrafted 24-year-old with size. How much better was he because of a a second-round true NHL prospect with skill and size Trennan of the same age playing on the same line with him? And Trennan projects to be a top six, but at the worst, a solid third-line minute player getting second power play minutes as a net front presence who has great hands to be able to finish plays net front. I would even, in this absolutely moronic eight-skater, one-goalie protection list, have protected Trennan over Janot anyways. I wouldn't have used the eight-skater list to begin with, but I sure would have protected Trennan in either scenario. If I'm Seattle, now I can simply select Nashville's best prospect on the verge of being an NHL player in Trenton, and guess what? I don't even have to take on the contract of Deshane and or Johansson to do it. Now I can simply pick Trenton, and if I was Seattle, that's what I'd do. In fairness, Yarncroke and Sissons would be acceptable picks for Seattle. They've both been often cited as the most likely pick. Trennan is the not-yet-in-his-prime prospect. That is the player Nashville should have protected from being selected. They will be lucky now to keep. It's time for me to reset because of GM Poyle at the halfway point of Central Division Hockey, the podcast Seattle Expansion Draft Preview. After a quick break, we will be back to look at St. Louis, Dallas, Chicago, and Arizona. 
Is inflation taking a bite out of your grocery budget? Andrews Federal Credit Union is here to help. Introducing our Inflation Buster Share Certificate with 5% APY for seven months, now through December 2nd. Bring your money to Andrews Federal Credit Union today. The Inflation Buster account must be open with new money. Andrews Federal Credit Union membership is not just for the military. We also serve the community. Visit andrewsfcu.org. Federally insured by NCUA. Membership eligibility required. APY equals annual percentage yield. Must have $1,000 minimum balance to earn advertised APY. Welcome back to Central Division Hockey, the podcast Seattle expansion draft preview as we look at all eight Central Division teams, protection lists, and unprotected players. And side deals aside, talk about who Seattle would most be interested in selecting from each Central Division team. St. Louis's protected list at forward. Ivan Barbashev, Jordan Cairo, Ryan O'Reilly, David Perron, Braden Shen, Oscar Sundquist, Robert Thomas. Defenseman, Justin Falk, Tori Krug, Colton Pareko. Goaltender, Jordan Bennington. Unprotected players available, center Sam Ennis, Tyler Bozak, Jacob De La Rose, Tenor Kaspik, Nolan Stevens, right winger Sammy Blay, Mike Hoffman, August Pagansky, Vladimir Tarasenko, left wingers Kyle Clifford, Mackenzie McEachern, Zach Sanford, Jaden Swartz, Nathan Walker, defensemen Robert Bertuzzo, Vince Dunn, Nico Mikola, Mitch Renke, Steven Stantini, Marco Scandella, Jake Wallman, and goalies Evan Fitzpatrick, John Gillies, Billy Huso. You want to tell on where St. Louis is going as a team this offseason? It really is made clear by their protected versus unprotected player list. By now, you're aware St. Louis game-breaking all-star, but mostly injured the last two years forward. Vladimir Tarasenko headlines the St. Louis unprotected list as he wants out of St. Louis. Dealing him before the expansion draft took a lot of potential teams out of the trading for him because in doing so, they would have had to protect him over another player instead. Now, St. Louis potentially loses him for no return in the expansion draft. Similarly, St. Louis was heard to be trying to move 5-6 D-man, bottom pair guy, Vince Dunn, so as to get return for him instead of losing him in the expansion draft. Good news, St. Louis can't lose both of them. Reality is, both aren't expected to be with St. Louis either way next year. St. Louis did protect its top three defensemen, Colton Pranko, Justin Falk, and Tori Krug, to no one's surprise. But it does leave their other true top four defensemen, Marco Scandella, unprotected. At 31, compared to Dunn, 24 in age, Scandella had the best plus-minus of St. Louis D-men on a team that struggled in team defense last year. Scandella can play top four whereas Dunn, the consensus is still out on his ability to be able to do so. If you were a GM looking for a DM to play top four over the next few seasons, which of the two D-men seems like a better option to you? Looking at the projected forward group in addition to Tarasenko's absence are notables Jaden Schwartz and Tyler Bozak. Instead, bubble top six but primarily bottom six players thus far, Ivan Barbashev, Oscar Sundquist, and Robert Thomas join Jordan Cairo, whose breakout season would have you have expected he would snag a protected spot. St. Louis's unprotected list in addition to if he returns to form all-star sniper Tarasenko includes top six talent unrestricted free agent Schwartz of interest. Mike Hoffman and vet 
penalty kill middle six forward Bozak, all three you could make a case for as NHL-ready players that, depending on what Seattle could potentially sign them to a contract for-wise, would make good selections. There are a number of NHL-proven bottom six players on the St. Louis roster as well. It also might tell you that, given the personnel, St. Louis absolutely underachieved this past year. St. Louis loses one guy, and as much as Tarasenko looks to be the top six choice here, and it's hard-pressed for me, too, if I were Seattle not to pick him, if they don't feel he will be elite level again, by the way, I think he will, so I think the consensus on taking him is probably what's expected. From a forward perspective, Schwartz is the other top six player that I would do due diligence on if I were convinced Tarasenko won't return to his former form. The other Seattle possibility is if they go with a D-man, and like the idea of loading up on goalies, Seattle may do that with defensemen. If that's a possibility, I actually see Seattle grabbing Scandella over Dunn to then at worst flip him to another team after the draft and passing on Dunn altogether. The reason is St. Louis still hasn't had success moving Dunn and his name has been out there in trade rumors as available since last year in addition to this young offseason where his name began to come up again. To me, Seattle takes Tarasenko or Scandella with Schwartz as an outside possibility. That Tarasenko and Dunn aren't expected to be back in St. Louis. I also think St. Louis is one team I would least expect a side deal from, although if Seattle were to tell them they were going to take Scandella in advance, well, you never know what GM Doug Armstrong might counter with. Dallas protected list. Forwards, Jamie Benn, Radek Faxa, Dennis Gurionov, Rope Hintz, Joe Pavelski, Alexander Radulov, Tyler Sagan, defenseman Merrill Haskinen, John Klingberg, Essel Lindell, goalie Anton Hudobin. Dallas's unprotected players, left wingers Nicholas Camano, Andrew Cogliano, Blake Como, centers Justin Dowling, Tanner Kiro, Joel Lesbrantz, Adam Mascherin, defenseman Taylor Fadoon, Benjamin Gleason, Joel Hanley, Julius Honka, Jamie Oleksiak, Mark Pesek, Andre Sakura, Sammy Vatanen, and goalies Ben Bishop and Colton Point. My first reaction to Dallas announcing Ben Bishop waiving his no-trade clause, thus allowing Dallas to protect goalie Anton Hudobin instead, was shady. It took me just a few days, and now I actually think it's Dallas as an organization who didn't get a fair shake on this, and not Dallas taking advantage of the rules actually working against him. The rule states 70 games played over two seasons to qualify and Bishop missed all of this past year on IR due to surgery and is under the 70 games played two-year total for that reason. He should have been able to be left on IR for not meeting the game played requirement while Dallas still protected Odobin. Jake Oninger, their other goalie, is protected as a rookie. Now, if Dallas loses Bishop, really, I think it will be Dallas who got the raw end of having to leave him unprotected. Dallas, a along with Vegas, is going to have a good tantum of netminders. However, it does shake out. And the carrot of Bishop being available might be more strategic by GM Jim Nill because Seattle wasn't taking goalie prospect Colton Point and it's Dallas's pick. They might take Bishop even if it's just to flip him to, say, Edmonton or another team needing a capable true number one that Bishop returning to pre-injury form would provide. 
Dallas, like St. Louis, has a true top 4D group and could protect only recently signed long-term cornerstone defenseman Miro Haskinen, undervalued stay-at-home defenseman Essel Lindell, and John Klingberg, while leaving big two-way D-man Jamie Oleksiak exposed, and like Scandella, from a player who can play top 4 right now or have maximum value, Oleksiak checks all the requisite boxes off as a good expansion pick. In fact, up until Goy Bishop waving his no-movement clause, and being made available, Oleksiak seemed to be the most expected pick by Seattle from Dallas. To me, he still, even with Bishop's availability, actually is. It's more so a slam dunk that Dallas dealt third-line center Jason Dickinson to Vancouver for a third-round 2021 pick before the expansion draft trade deadline. A top prospect, while defensively sound, Dickinson hasn't developed the offensive game at the NHL level that he did have at the junior level. I'm not saying it still isn't possible it just didn't materialize in Dallas thus far I still see upside for Dickinson and why Vancouver made that deal to get him now whether Radic Faxa who had a down year offensively and seems as limited on the goal production side as Dickinson was is the player Dallas protected over Dickinson thus making him available for trade the interesting thing is if either Faxa or Dickinson were with Oleksiak on the unprotected list if you're Seattle are you still not leaning to towards Oleksiak and now Bishop at least secondly to him that moving Dickinson probably wasn't required. If Dickinson were the Seattle pick, Dallas keeps Bishop and Oleksiak because of it and now it's likely one of them is absolutely selected. I'm not sure Dickinson is selected over Oleksiak. Both made available might have kept Oleksiak is the point that I'm getting at. The remaining list of available players, whether Andrew Cogliano from the forward perspective, Blake Como, or on defense, Sammy Vatnin or Joel Hanley, they're all 30-plus in age and not likely candidates on the tail end of their NHL careers to be selected. Yes, they all can still play, but they have less value to be taken and wouldn't get much in trade value either. Take, for example, Vatnin was claimed off of waivers by Dallas because he wasn't a trade commodity last trade deadline. Also, the suggestion of taking late bloomer Hanley instead of a Alexiak, which I've actually seen, is mind-numbing. I've seen it suggested, if only Dallas were so lucky. The Skinner group also doesn't have a high top draft pick, middle nine forward mostly, decent NHL potential bottom six guys at best, but not a Trennan-like diamond on the unprotected list. The Dickinson move thus makes the Seattle pick logically Alexiak, but maybe the trade market of Bishop is higher. It's one of those two Dallas players being selected to me without a side deal in place. There are less questions with Oleksiak's value, but a return to form from Bishop would have potentially more value as a tradable asset. It's just a bigger risk. The safe bet for Seattle is Oleksiak. Chicago's protected list, forwards, Hendrick, Borgstrom, Alex Debrinkit, Brandon Hagel, David Kampf, Patrick Kane, Dylan Strom, Jonathan Taves. Defenseman, Caleb Jones, Connor Murphy, Riley Stillman, goalie, Kevin Lincoln. Chicago's unprotected players available, right wingers, Ryan Carpenter, Brett Connolly, Vinny Hinnestroza, Brandon Peary, centers, Josh Dickinson, Adam Gaudette, left wingers, John Quinville, Zach Smith, defenseman, Calvin DeHaan, Anton Lindholm, Nikita Zadorov, goalies, Colin Delia, Malcolm Subin. 
Chicago's Laws and Powers gave me one of the highlights of the offseason as they discussed Seattle selecting one of their three current AHL caliber goalies. Kevin Lankinen is protected. I'm not sure if Chicago were allowed to have all three be made available that Seattle would want any of Lankinen, Malcolm Subin, or Colin Delia over the caliber of NHL backups that would most have been an upgrade to Chicago in net this past season. If Chicago has a goalie selected by Seattle, that's a massive win for Chicago. It shouldn't happen. What is more likely is Chicago trading for a goalie that is selected by Seattle at the expansion draft afterward, like say for Capel Kakinen. Duncan Keith asked for a trade and Chicago was able to deal him to Edmonton. That met the requirement of Keith being able to play closer to his son, Keith, and forward prospect Tim Soderland to Edmonton for defenseman Caleb Jones and a conditional third round pick. Chicago protects Connor Murphy, Riley Stillman, and Jones on the defense. Word is Chicago is looking for a potential sign and trade with Columbus for Caleb's brother Seth Jones. For defense, it left vet top four Calvin DeHaan as well as off-season trade acquisition Nikita Zadorov available unprotected. Bit of an intrigue with the forward group protection list. The obvious Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taze, Alex Debrinkit, Dylan Strom, even Brandon Hagel logically fits. David Kopf's past season, he may not have required to have been protected, while late season pickup Hendrick Borkstrom makes the Chicago protected list too. Part of the reason for them being able to be on that list, though, is Kirby Doc, Dominique Kubelik, Alex Nylander, Pia Suter, Philip Kurashev, Adam Boquist, and Ian Mitchell are all ineligible to be selected as they still qualify under that rookie section. Although Kubelik's inclusion was the one that caught me off guard, I double-checked sources, in fact, of everyday NHL players on the unprotected list. Ryan Carpenter, Brett Connolly, Adam Gaudet, Vinny Hinnestrosa are all unprotected. Only Carpenter 30 played all last season with Chicago, and maybe an outside case could be made for Carpenter as the Seattle selection of that group. I think his age makes him, without a side deal, not really a consideration. It's also why I think Kampf was protected. It's slim pickings for Seattle, and that for one tells you where Chicago is with the rebuild they are currently on. It's infancy, probably more so this year than last year, and while Chicago is looking for a top pair defenseman, they now have only Kane and Taves as a veteran presence with this group of their cup-winning teams. Honestly, I don't know what cornerstone defensemen would want to join this group so early in its rebuild. In keeping with the Seattle stocking up on D-men theory. The best option is, of course, Nikita Zadorov for their pick, both for his age and ability to be an NHL regular, at least a 5'6 bottom pair guy with size. I get protecting Caleb Jones over him in trying to lure his talented top pair brother Seth to Chicago, if it works and at what cost. However, Zadorov, without that family lineage, would have been more value than Caleb currently holds. I'm also not sure who in the Chicago organization has such an overvaluation for Riley Stillman as well. Like Nashville, Chicago fans should avoid dreamland of a side deal that takes one of their big older player contracts off their hands and expect Zadaroff Chicago's stay to end up being brief. Quite the underwhelming return for a top six forward of Brandon Sod's pedigree as it was. 
Arizona protected list forwards Lawson Krause, Christian Dvorak, Connor Garland, Clayton Keller, Phil Kessel, Johan Larson, Nick Schmaltz, defenseman Kyle Capio Bianco, Jacob Chikrin, Oliver Ekman Larson, and goalie Darcy Kemper. Arizona's unprotected players available left wing Derek Bassard, Michael Bunting, Braden Burke, Dryden Hunt, Andrew Ladd, centers Michael Chaput, Frederick Gauthier, John Hayden, Lane Peterson, Blake Spears, Tyler Steenbergen. Right wing, Hunter Foshing, Christian Fisher, Tyler Pitlick. Defensemen, Jason Demers, Cam Deneen, Alex Golgoski, Jordan Gross, Nicholas Yelmerson, Ilya Lilabushkin, Dyson Mayo, Aaron Ness, Jordan Osterley. Goaltenders, Joseph Kozanosh, Merrick Langhammer, and Antiranta. I almost think Arizona will feel good following Chicago and finishing this preview up. Let's be clear, Chicago had a 28 prospect player list of exemptions that I barely even highlighted by comparison to Arizona. There are current everyday capable NHL players on that Chicago list, and it's long. A pair of pre-protection list trades were completed before the deadline impasse by Arizona. The most notable, goalie Aiden Hill was traded with a 2022 7th round pick to San Jose for goalie Joseph Kozanosh and a 2022 second round pick. There are some who felt Hill, 25, might be protected over starter Darcy Kemper at 31, who has a one year left on his current deal. Kemper's play at the World Championships that led Canada to gold has elevated his stock after what would be considered an average season at best with Arizona last year. So, Kemper was protected. Backup Antti Ranta and Kozanosh are exposed for the expansion draft as mentioned ranta now an unrestricted free agent coming off an injury filled and poor quality of play year at 32 years of age now he isn't seen what would have seemed to have been the logical expansion pick from this roster that said an unprotected hill would have been the same slam dunk choice Arizona protects, obviously, Jacob Tricken, Oliver ekman Larson with his no-trade clause, and Kyle Capio-Bianco. OEL's no-movement clause wasn't waived for the draft, so he, although his time in Arizona seems to be coming to an end, isn't available for selection by Seattle. Capio-Bianco, 23, would have needed to be protected, and given Arizona's defensive depth from a prospect perspective, I actually found this a good move by the team. It means an otherwise NHL caliber D group is available, but it's an aging one. The 30-plus pending group of unrestricted free agents includes Alec Golgoski, Nick Yelmerson, and Jason Demers. 29-year-old bottom pair Jordan Osterley is also an unrestricted free agent. Recently resigned Ilya Lilabushkin as well, and he's 27, just to name last year's Arizona regular D-men. Goligoski, to me, is too old to really be considered for a selection by Seattle. However, he would be the best choice based on last year's play, if not taking into account his age. Osterly, because of his age, even with a down year, like the others named at least, is in his prime playing years for a bit longer. For forwards, not any surprises for the protected list. Even Lawson Kraus and Johan Larson were the two bottom six players chosen. That's because they fit the type of player GM Bill Armstrong wants for his team. If their underperformance may have steered Seattle away from them, had they been left unprotected, is unclear. 
That same argument can be made for Christian Fisher, who highlights the unprotected players. Last season, he struggled. Late season bright spot UFA, Michael Bunting, is unprotected as well. Restricted free agent Lade Peterson and off-season signing Tyler Pitlick is as well. The latter three played well, considerably for Arizona. You can add vet Derek Broussard as available, but to me, he is unlikely, as would be just added through trade Andrew Ladd. Arizona took on Ladd's contract from the New York Islanders, additionally receiving a second-round 2021 pick, conditional second-round 2022 pick, and a conditional third-round 2023 pick. Let's not call it a trade, as Arizona gave up nothing for taking on Ladd's contract from under Long Island. Not to keep this intentionally short, but Arizona doesn't have much on the unprotected list to even get excited about, and it's why in trading Hill, they essentially moved the most valuable player asset that would have made it on to their unprotected list. If Seattle goes the defenseman route, Osterley fits the age of a playable bottom paired defenseman, and in fact, I would take him over Lilabushkin, although Lilabushkin is younger and has size. In fairness, Goligoski and Yalmerson may have even as older age players have more value than both those, but how are they any more flippable player assets than, say, Dallas's Sammy Vatanen, or comparable to have more value playing than just being waiver wire pickups if they end up on non-contending teams because you can't move them because of their age at the deadline. That said, my three picks are actually forwards, Bunting, Pitlick, and or Pedersen, in that order as Seattle's best possible selection over Osterley, even based on last season. But that the group I think Seattle looks at to pick one of. Seattle could pick Fisher, Dryden Hunt, or Ilya Lubushkin instead. I wouldn't, but maybe Seattle didn't watch Arizona much or not at all that they decide they do take them. The indifference to who Seattle does take from Arizona from the organization perspective and that much longer list to choose from tells you more about the infancy Arizona is in their rebuild than it does anything else. Thanks for listening to Central Division Hockey, the podcast Seattle expansion draft preview. Seattle drafts its team Wednesday evening, July 21st. A Central Division Hockey, the podcast NHL entry draft preview for the first round is on deck. I have each of the Central Division team's season review standalone podcasts coming and plan a free agency preview podcast for each team before that begins. I think the expansion draft recap will go into the NHL draft preview this year. There will be a lot of content on whichever team you follow most of the Central Division teams for you to listen to this month as we finish it out. I'm sure most fans would prefer not to lose any of their players to the expansion draft. Really, other than for the team picking its players, in this case Seattle, is a kind of sad day for all the rest of the teams, no matter what player is lost. Here's hoping the NHL doesn't plan any more future expansion anytime soon. There is plenty of off-season moves without requiring more because of an expansion team, even if it is bringing more cities closer to the game with their own home team to follow.
things but once a year. Make the most of it by celebrating Christmas at Biltmore. Don't miss this chance to immerse yourself in a winter wonderland of endless holiday delights. Save with online ticket discounts, overnight stay packages, and free admission for children nine and under. Now's the time to experience Biltmore at its most enchanting. Plan your visit at Biltmore.com. How would you like to come home to a bartender who will fix you any cocktail you want? I'll have an old-fashioned. I'll have a margarita. Now you can with the Bartesian Home Cocktail Maker. Bartesian is a sleek machine the size of a coffee maker that makes premium cocktails at the touch of a button. Choose from over 50 different cocktails, from classics to the most exotic premium cocktails served in the best bars today. You'll always get freshly mixed, perfectly balanced cocktails with the Bartesian Cocktail Maker. And now get Bartesian's best Black Friday deal ever at bartesian.com holiday. Entertaining? The Bartesian is ideal for parties. No need to stock all kinds of individual mixers for complicated recipes. Every guest gets the cocktail of their choice in seconds. The Bartesian makes a wonderful gift for anyone who loves a fine premium cocktail. Now get Bartesian's best Black Friday deal ever. It's available right now, only at bartesian.com holiday. That's B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N dot holiday for Bartesian's best deal ever. Only at bartesian.com holiday.